but uh, tell me more about this, uh, this Christmas. Well, it's a wonderful time of the year. Everyone has lots of fun. You mean they get in fights? No, no, they have fun. Fights are fun. I like fights. And you give each other presents. And when you open them, they explode, right? No, they're nice gifts. Nice? Doesn't sound like much fun to me. <laughs> A snow beast. Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins, uh, Bob Canning, uh, my normal co-host, is not here today, but you are, you the listener, you're here, uh, and the holiday season, that's here, and uh, this sentence that I started a couple references of names and holidays ago is still here and still going. Uh, welcome. Welcome to a show, to this show, to the podcast. Um, if you're coming for some sort of integral, uh, what, wordplay between two individuals about a topic of the past that brings both nostalgia and, and, and a sense of, of uh, what, uh, intellectual development or, or maybe personal growth or views of the world or just, you know, Ziggy's Gift, that animated special with the comic strip, uh, dead wait ziggy uh if you're coming for that this may not be that episode because like i said bob's not here uh there's no guests but what there is what we're doing what's about to happen which is why this is so brief to get right into it is where it's return of a segment we haven't done in a while perhaps by demand we have not done uh unsolicited commentary is the name of the segment we're doing today and what that is um it's a chance for me tim uh the host to speak uh, in real time during a piece of pop culture entertainment uh, from our past, similar to how an audio commentary on a laser disc and later DVD or Blu-ray would work. Um, the difference being it's my voice in the podcast, but you can sync it up. I'm gonna there's in fact there'll even be a link in the show notes so you can sync my upcoming commentary up with uh, with the visuals and you might be asking visuals for what? Uh, in 1985, a holiday special, a Christmas special, debuted in syndication on TV, uh, merging together the worlds of two cartoons that I enjoyed as a child. And uh, the name of the special and the name of the characters involved, or at least the lead characters, uh, I'm talking about the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. Uh, like I just said, it aired in 1985. In December 85, it was a one-hour special that aired on TV that brought uh, He-Man and his world of Eternia, characters like Man-at-Arms, Teela, villains like Skeletor, and uh, at least in this special, Webster and Spikor, brought them together with uh, She-Ra, the spinoff of He-Man, and, and a powerful show in its own right that featured She-Ra, her flying unicorn uh, Swiftwind, uh, her... her Guitar playing friend Bo, Cowl, Glimmer, Mermista, and then the villainous Horde, led by Hordak. It was a cartoon special that brought both of them together with the uh, seasonal tidings of Earthbound Christmas. And it's interesting, I guess. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Um, if you have, perhaps you uh, might get something out of the upcoming commentary, but if you haven't, maybe it's best to listen to this commentary synced up with the special. And that's what I'm going to explain to you right now. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, there's a He-Man YouTube channel, an official He-Man YouTube channel, unaffiliated with us, but sharing wonderful cartoons and videos about the Filmation He-Man series of the 80s and the She-Ra series of the 80s. And they recently posted the, hol uh, the, the Christmas special up on their site. So the upcoming commentary is set to run the length of that particular posting. So if you wanted to play it and sync it up with that YouTube video, you can. It's easy to do once I'm done rambling here, which has been going on for too long. Uh, there will be a series of beeps, of tonal beeps that you're, you'll hear. I think it's four beeps, maybe five. And on that fifth one, you'll hit, you'll hit play on the YouTube video while allowing this podcast to keep playing. And the words coming out of my mouth will theoretically sync up with the images coming out of your screen. Uh, it's worth trying. I, I, I think it plays. And if not, if you're just going to wind up listening to it on its own, there's some insights in it. Or if you want to sync it up with something you're watching, maybe there's a 
seagull out there picking through a box of chicken McNuggets. And, and instead of questioning, is that cannibalism? You could listen to me uh, mention Skeletor's Havoc staff for the holidays while watching that. Either way, here it is, an audio commentary of me watching uh, the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. And uh, after following these beeps, you can sync it up with the special if you like. The link is in the show notes. The audio is upcoming. And I am going to continue talking just in a previously recorded uh, commentary. So Christmas comes to Eternia, I guess. There's snow on Eternia. I think there's a snow region. I don't know if you've ever seen it before. If you're watching this right now, you're seeing the familiar royal palace covered in some snow. I'm going to do a quick list of characters. There's Cyclone, Snout Spout, Fisto, Glimmer, uh, Flutterella, Peekaboo, Bo, Cringer, Caspella, Stratos, Kila, Cal, Ramman. There's Madame Raz using the butt of Broom to sweep up some dirt. He looks happy about that by the way if you're not watching the special and you're just listening to get some insight that was probably enough for you right random names of things you may not even know exist um to put you in a little bit of a space of what it is i'm looking at uh he-man was a cartoon i grew up watching adoring loving and it was only on for two seasons of new episodes after which it went into rerun reruns excuse me um but it had a, f- a follow-up that continued the series called She-Ra, which uh, premiered in 85 after the He-Man ran for two seasons. She-Ra is He-Man's sister. Her secret identity, Adora, is Prince Adam's uh, sister. And so the series crossed over. It was a shared universe between series where you'd see them both. So this is kind of an exciting little bit of animation to see because you're seeing a bunch of characters, regardless of which or both shows you watched all joining up. But... The, the, the crux of this is it is a holiday special and it would have aired um, would have aired during she was Shiro's first season I think it aired in December of 1985 so all these characters were pretty established by then with the show running five days a week this was a special that I vaguely remember being on on a Sunday morning I didn't see this all as a kid I saw maybe a clip of it um, this is only the second time I've watched it in full and what I'm watching right now is either fan favorite or bane of existence orco uh breaking into a space shuttle so why are we watching this what are we hoping from this i don't know i I think it's interesting to me uh last on a previous episode we talked about a star wars uh, christmas album it's interesting to me when science fiction franchises intergalactic franchises things that aren't earthbound delve into uh the christmas holiday it's 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 interesting because I mean it's campy and how do you work it in because Christmas is a holiday that is its basis in some earthbound practices and beliefs whether or not you practice or believe them and here on Eternia with its polytheistic basis of gods and demons and whatevers Christmas has never come here before but we do have that one connector of Queen Marlena Prince Adam's uh, mother. Is, is actually from of Earth. She's an astronaut who crash-landed on, e, on, on Eternia. So there is a connection that Earth exists in this universe. We're getting some Christmas titles right now. It's the She-Ra theme uh, mixed up with Jingle Bells for a little holiday sound. And I have to say, the She-Ra theme, if you can find it, go listen to it. It's, it, it's, it's a little bit of a takeoff on the 70s Wonder Woman theme. It's, there is some great music in both of these cartoons, but the She-Ra theme is pretty inspirational. As terms of songs go, it's got a nice kind of 70s funk for an 80s cartoon. But let's look at what we're looking at here, which is Skeletor's ass. And Too Bad, a two-headed creature who's half blue, half purple, arguing with itself. This part of the special is kind of unloading a bunch of characters, which is what this kind of a cartoon used to do. New toys would appear. Um, that's the collector, Skeletor's ship, that skull-shaped ship. I don't know if the name was ever said before this special, but definitely it's in print material as that. Yeah, we're we're showing uh, we're we're getting a bunch of new characters who are toys kind of appearing. Who I don't know if they've all appeared on the show before or not, but it's definitely just kind of like a line of too bad. And then we'll see Spike Orr and some other characters in a little bit. After we see this, a very subtle transformation of a man in pink 
to a man in the strange red iron cross. I can't get over that. Is unfortunate imagery on your chest plate, He-Man, running past without acknowledging your sister Adora. But uh, so he's flying away in a toy that I had called the Laser Blast, Laser Bolt, I think. And he's off to save Orko, who's being pursued by Skeletor, by some limited animation uh, claws of his spaceship. And, I mean, this would be exciting as a kid. It kind of jumps right into action. There's Webster, Rattler, Spikor, and Too Bad and his two heads. Uh, some very unflattering voice work here. I don't remember this as a child there. I mean, it's it's cool because it's a small production company that actually put this together. And so a small number of voices that work on the He-Man and the She-Ra cartoon. So you can kind of hear there are iconic voices, but there's also just someone doing their dumb guy voice, their spooky guy voice, whatever it is that Spiker's voice is going to be. Got different people doing different sounds. But here I am. That looked a little bit like Hitler. He-Man shadow on the collector's fronts by his nose casts an unfortunate shadow. But you do, I guess you can like Skeletor. So what, again, God, I'm just narrating as I watch. This can't be engaging. What is engaging? Christmas specials for kids? Does He-Man need one? No, it, it really doesn't. And watching this right now, it does not need any sort of uh, Christmas to do. He's getting caught right now in a bunch of mechanical bands and fighting to get out in a rather erotic little dance. Shira and He-Man call each other sis and brother a little too much and too freely in this. Just, just do your stuff, both of you. So, yes, it's exciting to see the familiar animation. And it's exciting to see uh, the two of them working together. Again, it's, it's, it's what we have now with the shared continuity. The shared universes of seeing different Marvel characters bleed over. Or seeing Star Wars cameos. That's what we're getting in this special. So, I get why it was made. I get why people would have watched it and i get why it may not be remembered fondly as we'll be hearing in a little bit right now orko is trapped on a space shuttle that's jumping into hyperspace i guess i don't think he and she know orko's on this i think it's called the sky spy it's a satellite of some kind that skeletor wanted to catch now we got some garbled Odd-voiced characters here. God, this is difficult to listen to. Be happy or not, you're listening to me. Also probably difficult uh, to listen to. Ejection. He's ejected all of his men out with one parachute. And there's some comical animation of characters. They're not really menacing. If you had these toys, you'd probably be a little let down right now because they're not actually getting to do anything. But we're flying through space. We're flying through space without an oxygen mask, He-Man and She-Ra. That's impressive. Um, maybe they're in the higher parts of the atmosphere. A lot of questions go unanswered here. Like, why aren't they exploding? Because there's no oxygen around them as they fly. But um, you're nervous, Orko. I understand. I guess this is where they'd break for a commercial. So there's some tension. Orko's lost. We're back on Eternia with some familiar Eternia music. And with some familiar characters, Man-at-Arms, Prince Adams, slightly curious on why the ship took off. I don't quite understand this. We got, we're got we back with Orko on a space shuttle. And I understand that, Orko driving a ship. Sure, it's not pedal-based. He may or may not have feet, so that's fine. But I don't get – does he see talking? He's talking here, and I don't know if he's talking to us as the audience, if he's talking to himself, if he's aware – that we're, we're here. That character has always kind of turned to the camera and talked out. And there's a weird setup in the He-Man universe where after every episode, the characters do talk to you and tell you that in today's episode, this happened and here's a lesson for you. And I don't know if they're supposed to be actors playing the characters, if they are the characters and the events really happened. I don't quite. That's pornographic. I don't know if you just saw the snowfall in Orko. And he has a mouth for a second. Sync this up so that sentence makes sense because it doesn't as you're listening to it. But I don't know if these, uh, when they're talking to us in the lesson parts of a He-Man or She-Ra special, um, He-Man, I guess, because in She-Ra, it's Luki that talks to you. Are they relating events that really happened to them or relating the events that they did in a morality play? Because I don't get why they know we're watching. 
They don't normally during the episode, with the exception of Orca, who keeps doing some weird asides. Anyways, uh, I talked through the sole plot point of the special. Orco has crash-landed on a planet called Earth. Uh, familiar, because it has Christmas trees and two children in Earth clothes that Orco just saved from an avalanche. He's floating them to safety right in front of him. They all speak English, which is acceptable. Queen Merlina speaks English, but uh, they're pretty unfazed. They would have been dead, by the way, if Orko hadn't crashed there because of this strange avalanche. But Orko just levitated them over to safety, and they're fine talking to him. The little girl's a little choked up because they're lost, I guess. Lost, but with a Christmas tree. And Orko is uh, being supportive. He wants to help them. And that's that's kind of a common trope, I think. The kids lost on Christmas, Christmas Eve anyways, lost in the woods, uh, meeting up with a mystical character, I guess. Strange little lesson because he is a stranger and a strange being, but they're going with him anyways to safety. Uh, back here on Eternia, we've got Queen Marlena, Adora, and Tila all standing in similar poses. None of their mouths moving. And I'm not sure if that's Tila or Queen Marlena speaking, because I assume it's the same actress. Adora may also be the same voice. But they're just realizing that Orca was gone, so he probably was on the rocket, I guess, is their assumption. And back here on Earth, we see Orca with the kids. And he takes them back into the shuttle. And this... The scene we're about to get is, again, how you do a special like this. Orcos from another mystical world. They don't have Christmas. They don't know what Christmas is, so they're encountering Earthlings. And according to this kid, with his weird hair part and slightly larger head than body, the proportions are off, they're telling him, they're going to tell Orko what Christmas is, because he asked, what is it? And they threw out some common things, peace and love. But if you listen, it's strange because they're about to go into the religious Christian story, which I get. Christmas is a religious holiday. So how do you sidestep it? Well, you fade out because that's what happened. Kid says, let me tell you the whole story. It fades out. So we're not hearing the Christian take on Christmas, which, again, is the basis of the holiday. But it's strange when you're being handed that in a cartoon. I think I do just because of my own mindset, but also because that story has no impact on another planet. It has no impact on a world where there aren't these same creatures and gods and messiahs that are in the Christian mythology. So it's weird. It's not weird. It's a practice, but it, it kind of throws – you might as well stick to the fictional stuff because as we're cutting back the, here, the kids are telling Orko about the Magi. They sidestep any Christian mention of Jesus or anything, but they do mention the names, Balthazar and uh, Getty. I don't know, the names of the wise men. Um, and they just explain that to Orko. So they are telling him a bit about the Christian God message. Which is not that that doesn't belong in a Christmas special. I get it. it. It bums me out because I don't subscribe to it and it feels a little heavy-handed. But I, but again, it is the basis of the holiday. It's a little weird to be hearing it in the cartoon, I guess. I just don't, you know, I don't think of religion as hitting these things. And I don't think religion was necessarily happy with these shows. What with their demons and magic and spells and the moral right or whatever it's moral majority of the right conservative right wanting to squelch anything that has a horror supernatural element to it so in a way a little punk rock of the makers of he-man to be telling these characters about christmas and celebrating christmas that's that's some good rotoscoped animation of a woman on a horse by the way see here now we're back with orko and the kids are telling him about santa claus and presence, and that's Orko and I guess kids' favorite part. And yeah, I get it. This is how you do these stories. This is what uh, last week on an episode we were talking about. Like I said, the Star Wars Christmas album. That was what was kind of missing is explaining it to people who don't get it. Gets you a little chance to introduce it, and you can just sidestep the idea of why would this planet have or not have Christmas. We're on another planet. We're doing some planet hopping here. We've been to Eternia, Earth. Now we're on Etheria, She-Ra's homeworld. And she's talking to Mermista. I'll be honest. I don't. I wouldn't have known all of these characters' names if it wasn't for the new She-Ra cartoon, She-Ra the Princesses of Power, which is currently airing on Netflix. Thanks for the sweet ad money, Netflix. 
there wasn't any sweet ad money. But it's a cool update. We're not talking about that, but it is a cool update of the Shira show. I would recommend checking it out. And a lot of these characters are on it, so that's why I'm getting the names of a few of them. Again, I watched Shira growing up. I don't think I watched it daily. It was probably opposite uh, G.I. Joe or Transformers, but I watched it enough to know enough of these characters, and we had some of the dolls at the house, so that was Mermista. Um, but yeah, so there's a couple parallel plots going on. They're stretching out what's no- this is basically a glorified two-part episode, and, and I think we're going to feel that. If you're not already feeling it and hearing, again, someone talk through an image you may or may not be seeing... This image being some kind of impressive backgrounds on a theory of a broken mechanical city. If you can compare and contrast the two locations, Eternia and Etheria, Etheria is actually the more interesting environment because it's decrepit. It's a place that has been overtaken by pollution and cataclysm. And there's some really cool sci-fi backgrounds on Etheria. Eternia is more of a fantasy place, like Snake Mountain's cool-looking, Castle Grayskull's creepy-looking beast monster that's the name of the beast monster in this beast monster um but no attorney is more of a fantasy with some technology i feel like Etheria is a little more war-torn with uh this flying horse and once again same piece of animation but that's a nice piece of rotoscoped animation of a woman on a horse with the movement you can kind of see rotoscoping which you probably know but in case you don't rotoscoping is a, an animation technique where you film live action people running throwing someone on a horse and then the animators take those frame by frame and trace over it with the cartoon drawings to kind of give their movements a little more fluid motion to maybe help with figuring out how to position them. And if you watch a bunch of He-Man cartoons in a row or She-Ra cartoons, you'll notice some repeated motions, some sequences that they reuse. And some of the ones with some more, and you'll notice it too, but the more fluid movements are probably rotoscoped scenes where they probably had an actor punching or, or in this case, jumping on that horse again and tracing over it. And it's interesting. Rotoscope is an interesting process. It's sometimes hard to watch in full length, like Ralph Bakshi did uh, the full Lord of the Rings with rotoscoping. That was kind of hard, interesting, but weird to watch. But in here, it's used sparingly, and I do like it. It's the moments of the show that look a little more animated. Uh, we're introducing some robotic characters here, which they do sh- fall short of calling Transformers, although they do change. I think they're called Monstroids. I'm not sure if these were a toy line, and if they were, I don't think they would have looked like this. Monstroid is a word that sounds familiar. It might have just been one toy, and they've assigned it to a whole race of creatures. Um, I don't know. Their size kind of changes off and on, but there's cool, some cool robot designs, some bad guy designs. This would have been a nice place to sell your toys, but I think, and a bubble gun. Um, I think, I think they were just designed just for this special. But they caught She-Ra and Swiftwin, her flying horse. Um, and they're talking in a predictable robot voice. It's a little strange. This special is character overload. And it's also a Christmas underload at this point. You could tune into this and not realize it was a Christmas special. And again, it's I think they make it so they could air it for an hour, but it's 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 feels very drawn out right now. Here they are almost transforming. They transform more like GoBots than Transformers, meaning if I put my arm here, suddenly I'm a tank, but if I move it back, I'm a robot again. So cool characters, but uh, I don't know. There's too much being introduced. I want to learn more about Orko learning about Christmas, and they're not giving that to us. They're, we're going to watch Shira escape from a bubble without popping it. This is the power I don't remember her having. Her sword can turn into things. I think I remember it turning into a shield, but it just turned into a, uh, well, it's a flaming sword, just a sword on fire. And there's a Wonder Woman-like spin and kick. It's cool. I think it did take a lot of inspiration for the 70s Wonder Woman. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a pretty impressive show. And so it's cool to have it as an animated icon. I feel like She-Ra is more of an icon than He-Man. I think She-Ra is more of an inspirational character than He-Man. I mean, He-Man's royalty or Prince Adam's royalty turning into He-Man. We've got Orko and the kids almost singing Jingle Bells here. Sorry, cut off my thought, but... Basically, they're singing Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, and they add it one more time. So I guess not to pay rights? I don't know. But um, but yeah, Adora, She-Ra is a more likable character because she is a rebel, because she's not on the more 
powerful side. She was an evil soldier, basically a Nazi in Hordak's army. And she switched sides and, and went to the, 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 the side of good, as they call in the show, but also the side of hope, the side of fighting for freedom, the side wanting to make the world better. That's the side she joins. And I think that inherently makes it a more interesting character because we can uh, uh, we can all want to be that. We can all want to take a stand. He-Man is more of a hero from the 80s. She was a little more forward thinking. And they're both okay characters. They're both idols. I think more people, I think fans of She-Ra do love the character of She-Ra. I found inspiration. I think fans of He-Man liked a lot of the other characters and He-Man is in there. I don't know. Maybe people cosplay. But when I think of He-Man, I'm thinking of Skeletor. I'm thinking of Orko. I'm thinking of Manny Faces. I'm thinking about some of the cooler design characters in that He-Man. So here's the emperor of these worlds. His name is Horde Prime, which I don't know much about this character. It's a big cloud on a ship with flashing lights and a mechanical hand. I think he's in charge of the Horde. He bosses Hordak around. I think we'll see that he bosses Skeletor around. And it's not a character I know very well. Not a toy I would want because it's just a big hand in a cloud. So the kids got transported back to Eternia with Orko. Again, very unfazed. The little girl with the hat's talking to Queen Marlena. And her biggest concern is that she's going to miss Christmas. Not that she's just proven Einstein wrong and jumped across the universe and landed on another planet of strange creatures. She seems fine. And uh, something that was established at the beginning was He-Man and She-Ra's birthday is coming up, or Prince Adam and Prince Adora's birthday is coming up a couple days after what would be Earth Christmas. So um, Queen Marlena is suggesting that they celebrate both of the holidays together. And then, merging of another world, here we have Skeletor and Hordak being summoned by the Emperor-like Horde Prime. Um, and this again is kind of, this is what I want from the special Horde Prime detects a positive sensation in the universe, i.e. Christmas cheer, having visited Eternia, and he wants it captured and destroyed. So he's asking, or he's challenging Hordak or Skeletor to go out and find these two kids with their Christmas spirit. He's pitting them against each other, and whoever brings it back will be in Lord Prime's, Horde Prime's, uh, favor. So Skeletor and Hordak are kind of mocking each other. They're in competition. Who's going to get the kids? They're both, both the villains from the two major series are deciding that they're going to go out and attempt to kidnap these kids. And that's your plot. That's kind of the setup. Skeletor and Hordak are going to catch these kids and destroy Christmas spirit. And while I like that, I think that's a great idea for a show – it took 22 minutes to get to it. It took basically one half of an episode to get to that part. I do not like this character's voice. Um, but no, I that seems like a lot of setup, not all of which was needed. I, I guess the plot is jumping back and forth between planets. But you could probably have done this in half an hour. We're just about to do it. We're just entering the part of the special that I like. Although it's fun to see all the characters, but... This need for it to be an hour, I mean, it's making this hard to listen to, I bet. It's making this hard to tune into. But I wonder if it was different back then. Oh, here's a song for you, by the way. Love and Caring might be the name of it. He-Man, not a show known for its songs. And if you're hearing this, you know why. I don't know if the kids wrote it, because they seem to know it. But Bo said that it's his I don't. I don't get it. We're seeing Cowell and Orko dance together. And again, I guess that was the fun of the special, seeing these two worlds combined. So maybe as a kid, the whole idea of a Christmas special, it's special. It's different than the norm. So when it's a Christmas special episode of an ongoing series, I guess you want it to be longer. You want to see more characters. You want to see the horde driving a big phallus into view, which is what I'm looking at, a phallus with a propeller. I don't know if you're watching this right now. Ooh, yeah, this is... Be happy you don't have the context on this. But um, no, I, I, I get maybe with this is one of those things, too, where maybe with commercial breaks, maybe in an era where you're not getting new He-Man every day. So this, there's Catra, Modulok, and Mechalok, I think is that character in the back. Maybe there is something to this when it aired that is exciting. Maybe that's how Christmas specials, because, again, 
before they were maybe on tape or easily on demand, they were special. And this is probably a special thing to watch. I'm just, I'm finding that the, the plot that I want, the explaining Christmas to the people who don't know it, is too sporadic. It's too much about, let's save the children. Gotta save the children. Gotta find the children. I mean, I like the scene of with Orko meeting the kids. I always like seeing Hordak and Skeletor, so I feel like I should like what's coming up with that. But there's just a little too much of what just plays like a normal episode with a phallus with a propeller. There it is again. So Hordak's being caught by the monster. I guess that's why we're introducing them. Wow. He slammed that phallus pretty hard, that giant robot. Modulok's a character that always creeped me out. I feel like he's actually unsettling looking. The toy that I had was this, it was like a Lego. It was like this monster with all the different pieces. You could build him into a bigger creature. On the show, he's pretty much just a one-headed creature. And he's creepy. He's creepy to look at. He looks a little bit like the uh, the elf on the shelf. Is that the thing? That weird elf that people put out? And that's creepy. I don't know when that became a practice, but it's not a practice I want. Anyways, what's happening here is I think Hordak... Hordak's trying to find the kids... At this point, I think. I'm trying to remember now where the kids are lost, right? It's a cartoon run from Hordak. So they're scared of the monstroids, Hordak and whatever, and they take off, leaving the monstroids, these giant robots, to capture Orko and the kids. God, why am I narrating this? Do you like Orko, listener? I love space for you to say yes or no. Um, I do. He's, he, I, like Snarf, I feel like he is sort of the mascot of the show. I know a lot of people think he was there to appeal to kids. But I'm going to tell you, watching Hemia right now, this is a show that appeals to kids. Watching She-Ra, it's a show that appeals to kids. I think it's fine to have that mascot. And I think looking for maybe your darker, grimmer He-Man is not something you're going to find on the Filmation version of it. And it's not necessarily something I'd want to see. I mean, I guess you can get a little darker with it if they ever make this live-action film. But there was a He-Man reboot in the early 2000s and this new She-Ra uh, reboot. They are still aimed at children. There's a little more plotting going on. It's a little deeper, but they're still named at kids. So I think the, the presence of Orko is fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think anybody was actually saying there was, so I don't know who I'm talking to. Um, again, if you're following along, you've heard this already. If you're just following me, we're about to meet, or where you're, we are meeting, some characters called Mansheens? Man. Sheen. I'm going to say that a couple times to make sure I'm saying it okay. There's some child size uh, pink robot characters. They look kind of like Astro Boy. They're freeing Orko and the two kids from prison. They apparently are the enemies of the monstroids, the giant robots that caught them. And these characters' names, again, are Mansheens. Mechanical men, I guess. I don't know if there's any females, but Zipper just showed up. He's a scooter with a face on him, not unlike the GoBot named Scooter, who was a scooter named Scooter, and that scooter had a face on it. But uh, the Mansheens, ah, it's, it is kind of weird to say, just rescued uh, Orko and the kids, or is trying to rescue Orko from, and the kids from the Monstroids, so there's a chase going on. They're colorful characters. Again, I don't know if there were toys of them. This is would have been the place you'd put them to sell them. I just... Why are we getting all these new fucking English-speaking characters? But the monsters are actually kind of creepy. Like watching this and watching that kid hump that scooter robot, but watching this, this doesn't have to be Christmas at all. If you're going to do a Christmas special, I think there's a reason. You know, you always think of the idea of why is this being told at this time? And right now the story is just a He-Man and She-Ra fighting robots on Etheria storyline. It's not what I want for my specials. When I was going to watch, when I was deciding what special to watch, the original idea was a couple of classic half-hour ones that don't air anymore. Uh, Ziggy's Gift was originally one I was going to look at. Uh, Family Circus Christmas special, the BC comic strip Christmas special. And there's our horrible 20-minute, maybe well-animated, usually well-scored specials that just... 
don't get replayed year to year because they don't have the draw of kids loving the family circus the way they love, say, Garfield or Peanuts. So in this case, these characters. So I get why they're making or made a Christmas special. These were big cartoon icons at the time, He-Man and She-Ra. So you give them a holiday special. It's just nice line, He-Man. Um, we're not uh, we're not getting much of the holiday in this. And the, and the reason I think something like a family circus or Peanuts just runs for twenty minutes is because you those they're small stories. A Christmas story can be a pretty quick small story. Otherwise, you're padding it out. I mean, you could watch this any time of the year versus, and it wouldn't feel off so far. I mean, I guess what feels off are that there's something called Mancines. Mancines. Thank you, Shira. For, but they are not, they look kind of like Muppet babies and they also look kind of like garbage. They look like garbage Muppet babies is what they look like. He-Man does a lot of lifting. I think they just killed one of the monsteroids. You, just nothing really ever dies on this, but I think they just shattered one of them. I know that they're evil machines. I don't know if that means they don't have awareness and a conscious. I'm not sure. That's usually you make your villains robots so you can destroy them. But here they are plotting to capture the kids and Orko. We're meeting a robot machine dog now. Uh, the blue robot with a helmet on that the kids like. And here comes Skeletor finally. Here comes what I guarantee is going to give us the Christmas of our Christmas episode. Skeletor is kidnapping the kids and the strange blue dog. Orko can't save them. I guess He-Man and She-Ra can't save them. And Skeletor takes off with them. That's our story. That's the start of our fucking story. The villain kidnapped the kids. I guess we had to get them to Eternia, but this is kind of where I think the special is going to pick up. And this is with only 14 minutes of the special left, or a half hour in, and Skeletor is stealing the kids, keeping them in peril. He's going to bring them back to Horde Prime. But that's some crafty magic there, by the way, Skeletor. Nice job. A lot of laughter. He looks kind of funny on his sled with the kids that seem to be willingly going with him. Um, and Hordak's watching this on the screen, uh, and he's realizing that Skeletor gets back to Horde Prime. Actually, he's watching it from right behind him. He's shooting at him. I didn't realize that. Hordak wants to stop Skeletor from stealing the kids and getting the Horde Prime. So he's threatening to shoot Skeletor down. Skeletor has a strangely placed gun in the back of his sky sled. Hordak is kind of talking to us here. I am describing a play-by-play of limited animation to you, the listener, hoping that you're still finding some interest in this. Um, so we've got our villain Skeletor crash landing with the kids and the strange blue dog somewhere in the Arctic in the snow and away from our heroes. So the kids are lost. They're lost with Skeletor. And this, if you can't see, by the way, where this is going... I mean, I think you can, and I think you should. I think it makes sense what's going to happen here. The villain, the holidays. This is what I want, and we're finally getting it. Skeletor stranded in the snow with the kids. Evil master of evil, I believe, is what he was called on the toy packaging. Demonic visage of a skeleton. Buff body. And the kids are shivering cold with their, by the way, Christmas jackets on. And Skeletor is telling them to march because he wants to get the Horde Prime. But the cold is getting to them too much that they can't move. They're t- and they told Skeletor it's Christmas. He, of course, has never heard of it. So now they're going to explain to Skeletor again what Christmas is. And this is up. Oh, and she fell down. And her brother seemed... She looks dead, by the way. And her brother seems very unfazed. Um, but here's the thing... We got this in the first half when Orko was being told what Christmas is. Right now is the chance to tell Skeletor what Christmas is. Because he asked. And he's evil. And he's telling them that there's no Christmas spirit in the move. And they're freezing and they're chilly. And Skeletor here is slowly coming around to the fact that they're cold and he magically gives them jackets and we see a hint that something is different 
Skeletor was helping these kids out. These kids don't know Skeletor. They told them what Christmas was, and this is this should be your special. Skeletor hates the word kind, because he's not. And Relay, who is the robot dog, is kind of shivering, and Skeletor tells him to leave it behind. And again, you can see what's happening here. I'm going to ruin it for you in talking about it. Skeletor, mean old Skeletor, trying to march these kids to their doom, is getting bit a little bit by the Christmas spirit. He gave the kids coats to keep them alive. He's hearing this dog whimper. So even though the kids pretty easily chose to walk away, Skeletor, seeing the dog shivering, is deciding to go pick her up. Here it is. Here's the best animation you can do with a skull and thought. He's going to pick up the dog. Why? Because it's Christmas. He can't understand it. A strange feeling is washing over him to be polite. The dog's licking his face. Probably wants to bury his face, to be honest. So we have two kids walking with Skeletor and his dog through the snow. An image that is one of the more bizarre he-man images and one of the best because we got snow we've got kids that's the line skeletor is not nice kids are blasé to what he's supposed to be even though he is a floating skull head with a hood and crossbones on his chest but he's warming to the holidays and he is this honestly is going to be your cheesy schmaltzy christmas lesson it's what we expect from christmas special this part's kind of entertaining. Skeletor's idea of what fun is is getting into fights. The kids tell him, no, fun is something else. But they do seem to be warming to each other. <clears throat> it's kind of like Skeletor's first Christmas is basically what this special is amounting to. And they're being put in peril by some sort of a monster. And Skeletor's going to save them from the monster. We get it. And this is all we need, and it's fun enough. We're not seeing a bunch of new characters, but we are seeing the one villainous character we know kind of being polite. Have I said the same thing twice here? Would you rather me describe the snow beast's ice wedgie that he just received? He didn't die. He's not a robot. He just goes skating away. Uh, Skeletor, smiling, and then shaking his head in disbelief. He's not nice, kind, nor wonderful, is what he is telling you. And he's still planning on bringing them to Horde Prime, even though the kids already see through that. We have Horde Prime arriving uh, to pick up the kids in a pretty big spaceship. Again, I don't know this character, but we do need like a bigger villain than Skelter for Skelter to have this change of heart and here comes he-man she-ra who could probably conceivably totally throw the whole special off course if they just started beating up skeletor as is their way but what's going to happen instead is hordak is arriving with his army to steal the kids from skeletor which is going to give skeletor a chance to kind of defend the kids it's not exactly darth vader throwing the emperor down the shaft but it is sort of festive enough and comical enough. And it's a good reminder that what we're watching is for five-year-olds, maybe 10-year-olds. This is not a cartoon for, what, Boris Vallejo fans, for Mobius fans, for Frank Frazetta fans. This isn't your hardcore barbaric Game of Thrones cartoon. This is a show where the villainous blue-skinned skeleton told us he was not nice. This is where the snorting pig-like Hordak is considered a conniving evil villain. And where that kid looks fat now. Where everyone seems to know who Horde Prime is. Robots attacking. Narration fading. Maybe Christmas isn't something that has to come every year to Eternia. And to every year, to every fantasy. Oh, there's a dog looking skeleton again. Every fantasy land. It works. I mean, if you're going to have Christmas special, this is what you would have. Horde Troopers and Mechalock. Mechalock, I think is his name. A lot of slide whistles in this 
world. Sounds of slide whistles. So you get robots getting the shit beat out of them because you can do that to robots. Basically a high five from He-Man and She-Ra. I don't, I've already forgotten where we are. I guess we're on Etheria. I think we're on Etheria right now. And Horde Prime is about to ensnar the kids. And Skeletor seeing this is basically about to break that uh, little measuring device that um, Chandler calls on a measuring device in a friend's episode that the Grinch breaks. This is Grinch moment. He basically disintegrates uh, Horde Prime's ship. Very destructive blast of energy that makes it fall to ash. Uh, Horde Prime's ship crashes. And I, watching this, thought, oh, are they going to reveal what Horde Prime looks like? Is this the big reason for the special? No, we don't get that. But we don't need that, because what we got was a complete 180-degree turn of Skeletor. He just saved two kids' lives. He could have been in Horde Horde Prime's favor, but instead he saved the human children because of the Christmas spirit. Seeing how I've said that sentence three times, we can see that the special is probably running a little long. It's also interesting that Hordak is still evil, Horde Prime is still evil, but we're allowed to kind of have this play with Skeletor, the longer standing, boy, that guy likes to say blast. That's his way of saying shit or fuck, probably. But you've got Skeletor standing side by side with his arch nemesis He-Man, getting hugged by the kids. The most emotion I've ever heard in He-Man's voice as he, in disbelief, asks, Skeletor saved you? And it's funny here because Skeletor, he doesn't necessarily like feeling good. He feels It feels odd and it's comical. He doesn't like to feel good. He likes to feel evil. But He-Man and She-Ra are going to give him this. They're not going to arrest him. They're not going to take him prisoner because he just saved these kids' life. And I guess Christmas is that one time of year where you can have a change of heart like that. There's Snout Spout putting the star on the tree. That I remember from the commercial. Here's all the characters we saw before. There's Cringer eating some cake. That's not good for diabetic cats. There's Mossman probably mourning the loss of another tree. And there's a very unconvincing Santa Claus, Prince Adam with a beard. Not unlike an S-Claus. But everything got wrapped up pretty easily. And we we get Christmas. We get enough Christmas in this. And, and I guess... That's what we need in specials. It's just enough Christmas. Yes, this thing was long. Yes, it's still going. But it's got enough little... Like, I can imagine seeing this without knowing it was on, catching it as a kid. This would have been exciting. If, you know, instead of watching my normal He-Man episode, this was on. Maybe even in two parts. Right before Christmas or on Christmas Eve as you're getting ready for gifts, to wrap gifts or whatever. This is fun enough without having to be a traditional standard Christmas fair. And as a fan of the show, seeing these kids get returned to Earth would have blown my mind that these things do exist in the same world. And I know they do because Queen Marlena, Prince Adam's mom, is from Earth. But it's just interesting to see this. To see, I don't know if that's Captain Lou Albano playing their father, but there's just some big blue jeans he's wearing. And good for these kids, by the way, really unfazed by traveling through space and meeting demons and floating trolls and muscle-bound siblings. But that's the special. Was that worth it? Yeah. I mean, this this is enjoyable. Would I watch this every year? No, I wouldn't watch this every year. But it's fun to catch it, and it's a nice way of revisiting enough of what made this cartoon memorable. He-Man and She-Ra aren't the most memorable shows for my youth. I like them. And so to mix them in the Christmas a little bit, when I would get a couple toys here and there, when the holidays would kind of have the steam of toys and gifts and giving, and here we got snow on top of all of those toys of this cartoon, it works. Or it works enough. I would gladly have watched this. and did. Strangely, there's a little lesson here at the end where Prince Adam is telling Orko how Christmas came to Eternia, which, with the story we just watched, Orko brought it to Eternia. He knows this story, Prince Adam. Fuck off. No need to brag about it. But to keep the idea of a He-Man episode ending with a lesson, 
Prince Adam says that Christmas is, you know, about caring. And Orko says, presents. Typical pre-adolescent prick. That was the Christmas special. That was the audio commentary. And that's the episode for the week. Um, Thank you. Thanks for listening to that. I I hope it was insightful and interesting. If it was neither of those things. Wow, you got to this point. Uh, What is this point? This is the point where I normally promote and promote the crap out of the show. So I'll do just a little of it. Uh, The show is 20th Century Pop. It is a uh, a podcast that normally involves me and my co-host, Bob, who will return next week. I think the show works best when it's both of us. Um, And if you like that show, that version of the show, and you want to support that version of the show, there's a couple of things you can do that help us keep the show going. Um, You can visit 20popcast.com, which is the official website of the show. There you'll always find the most recent episodes streaming, as well as links to all of our past episodes, so you can listen to those episodes as well. Uh, you also find links. There are links on this website. And what are these links for? Well, they're important if you want to hear the show every week, every time a new episode goes up, which is weekly, you can subscribe to the show following any of these links through Apple Podcast, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, and some other podcasting uh, pop podcast catching apps Whew. Uh, you can follow links there uh, there are also links so you can follow us on Facebook there is a Facebook page for the podcast we're on Twitter at 20 podcast we're on Instagram at 20 podcast as well following us there uh, inter uh, interacting with us uh, maybe hashtagging some episodes at 20 podcast and sharing them out there that helps the show as well we're trying to build an audience trying to reach out there and hopefully trying to please the fans so we'd love to hear from you those are ways you can hear from us. Uh, but outside of that, want to hear from us uh, next week with another episode next Thursday. If this seems lackluster, rushed, or maybe just a little more blasé than the normal closing of this podcast, uh, it was. Uh, no, uh, no, no, we'll go faster if, uh, if I carry him.